Welcome, everybody, at another episode of the Wrestling vs. World Podcast. If you all are enjoying your day, sweet. If not, I don't, I don't know what to fucking tell you. It's weird I start off the episode by saying that because the show that I'm going to be doing 38 different episodes reviewing is Saturday Morning Slam. I was thinking about doing, like, covering everything in one episode, but that's 38 episodes, 19 hours... Yeah, 19 hours of freaking content because of half-an-hour episodes that I would have to cover in less than a year, and that would take forever for me to do an episode. So I figure, why not do one episode per of Saturday Morning Slam per episode? I'm not sure how often these are going to come out, but I figure, why not go through this? Because this was WWE's run for one season of running a G-rated TV show of wrestling, and this happening on the CW channel. I believe before this, it was after freaking 4Kids TV and the freaking possibly more... No, this was during Vortex back when they still had Saturday morning cartoons. But this was after his WB. So, starting on August 25th, 2012, we saw the debut episode of this show. And with this TVG rating, this meant that there was two main things you could not see. Shots to the head and shots to the neck. Anything else, like, if you saw that, they had to find some way to cut away, so that means it's going to affect the matches in a way or two. And chances are, since there's a half-an-hour time frame, there's not going to be that many matches. Maybe two at the most that we'd ever see. So, right off the bat, they say, hey, it's a TVG show. They get a voiceover intro, which kind of reminded me of Superstars in a way when it became the recap weekly show later on in the day. Maybe somewhat a bit like Jack Metal, who knows. But we start off and they call, the first segment they call the Saturday Morning Spotlight, focusing on Brodus Clay, and he brings in Cameron and Naomi, he, and he's looking at the camera and telling the, telling the audience, get up, dance with me. And when he's saying that, I'm like, is this fucking Nick Jr. or Disney Jr. when they're freaking talking to the audience through the camera, telling them to be interactive? I mean... Only stupid kids are going to believe that the freaking person on the screen actually knows that they're actually getting off their asses. It's like, come on, get up, dance with me. No, I'm going to stare on my scrawny white ass and freaking just not dance. You know why? Because I'm not on planet funk. I'm on planet don't give a fuck. That's a far better planet. But he's like doing the whole motions like, oh, you start out with this move and then that move. It's like, lame. So then afterwards, they even do a showcase of a segment called Video Vault. They do the whole animation where it's a VHS tape coming out of a VCR. I know, dead technology. People don't get that at this point. Showing the other dancing characters they've had over the years. So they've shown like Too Cold Scorpio, aka Flash Funk, Rikishi, Disco Inferno, Too Cool, and even a bit of the Junkyard Dog which was rather odd. Like he did some dancing but he had no dancing gimmick. But they just wanted to keep everything on the theme. And then we get something that I could not give a crap about. They did a segment called The Third Degree, which is pretty much their segment where they ask a question to many different superstars. I think they either did this with Blastoff or the Action Zone towards the end of its run when they changed the format of shows. I know... It was one of those two where it would be like asking all these different superstars backstage this question like, What did you get for Christmas? So hold on, I got a big old can of whoop ass. But it's like, they're just asking everybody, What's your favorite Olympic sport? 
It's like, I don't care what Jack Swagger's favorite Olympic sport is or Cody Rhodes or The Miz or anybody. I don't care about the Olympics in general. And I highly doubt any kids that were watching the show cared about the Olympics unless they want to see somebody run and trip and fall on their face and laugh at them. It's like, oh, ha, 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 they face plant on the concrete, ha, ha. And then they see blood, it's like, ah, ha, red stuff, whatever. It's like, golly. And then we get to the only match on the show. But before then, at the time, United States champion Santino Morella. Yes, I probably brought back nasty flashbacks, y'all, when the freaking when they put it, the United States championship on a freaking comedy character right before they finally put it on Cesaro. He's coming out, strutting to the ring. And for some odd reason, they were censoring a lot of things, mainly like t-shirts in the crowd. I don't know what they censored or why. And I even noticed, like, we've seen the aprons, like, getting customized depending on what show they're doing on. And on the apron face in the commentary team, they have the apron that says the WWE website URL. They actually censored that out, too. They didn't want kids to know what the WWE's website was. Because they didn't want to look it up. It's like, don't worry, kids. You're not going to see Sonny's freaking swimsuit or Sable's freaking Playboy cover magazines on there. But it's like, they're not showing blood. They're PG. What's, what's a kid going to get traumatized by seeing on their website just by knowing the URL? I don't get it. But anyway, the only match on this show for the debut episode was Kobe Kingston versus Heath Slater. The one-man band. I think this was after he did that whole gimmick of trying to challenge all these legends like Lita, Vader, Psycho Sin, all that shit. So they have a match and they had some cutaways for random reasons over to the commentary team. And because with this whole rule saying that you can't show, target heads or necks or anything, all they really kept doing was just targeting each other's arms and shoulder area. But there's a problem there. Usually if you're working like a rest hold in any certain way, like wearing somebody down, they're, they, you pretty much got a reason for doing that. Like, you're targeting that body part. Like, when Ric Flair has a match, he's going after the legs in order to soften up the opponent in order to get the figure for the leg lock on and to make it as impactful as possible. What? There was no purpose for this because they couldn't do chin locks or anything to the head the whole time because it was like... So they didn't have anything else to do. So this, this is a common theme you're going to see throughout the show where... Because of this limitation of what you can and can't show on a G-rated show for wrestling, it's going to change up what they can and can't do in the ring. And there was even at one point, Kobe tried going for the Trouble in Paradise. Slater ducked it, because of course, you can't do that. And how did Kobe win? A flying cross body off the top rope. It, like, I don't know, like, could he not go over, like, the SOS? Or does, or does the impact make it look too much like somebody's landing on their head and neck to where you can't do that? I mean, I can understand can't do Trouble in Paradise unless you freaking cut away from Kofi. I mean, like, it's not like the crowd's going to care. Because, like, anybody who's been in the crowd at a wrestling show, they've seen Kofi do the Trouble in Paradise. It's not going to be like, oh, my God, he's got a concussion, CT. Oh, my God, I'm traumatized. Oh, call 911. I doubt any kids are going to be traumatized like that, like, freaking crying their eyes out like, oh, my God, he freaking kicked that Wendy's chick in the head. You really think kids are going to be that traumatized seeing a finisher to the head like that? Even if they have to cut away, like I said, kids in the crowd have seen that move. Alright, it's nothing new. And like I said, the match was nothing special. They had some parts where they tried to kind of one-up each other. It's like, oh, I can do an arm drag. Woo, baby! Kobe's like, I can do the trouble in paradise too. I don't know why I just said the Jamaican accent. He wasn't even doing it at this point, but still. 
And then, like, they even tried doing the same thing with monkey flips and all that crap. So it's just like, match is nothing special. All they did was just keep targeting each other's arms and shoulders. They didn't even play factor going on in the match. I mean, that was like when Brett kept working on friggin' Sean's left, or Sean kept working on Brett's left arm in the Iron Man match WrestleMania 12. Just did it to kill time. Led to nothing. And then a couple of other notable things before we wrap up the episode. Daniel Bryan even did one of those, a G-Ray version of the whole don't try this at home message during the match's commercial break. He's just sitting there in the doctor's office, sitting on the freaking seat and everything to like, kids, don't try this at home. This is dangerous. Don't do this at school or at home. I mean, how many kids are going to actually listen to that? You're at some point, you're going to see some kid getting a freaking DDT onto a hill or concrete or something, and then bleeding out all the freaking sidewalk. His kids are, kids are going to freaking try to do anything that seems realistic on TV. I mean, if you want kids to see something on TV that they can't easily replicate, show them a bunch of shit you saw from like Looney Tunes or something like that. That's going to be better. Even after and before the show even ended, they also did the whole be a star commercial with. Sheamus and Stephen McMahon, all them, and The Miz, like, holding some kind of conference. I think they were in, like, St. Louis or Washington, D.C. or something, being like, Oi, fella, we can stop, put a stop to bullying, fella, with in a non-violent way, yeah. And then the, oh, the part that was just awkward watch, they concluded with a music video, like, montage of superstars in the back, like Sheamus, Dolph Ziggler, CM Punk, Alicia Fox, Kerr Hawkins, Tyler Rex, Daniel Bryan, and others dancing on camera. And over the freaking video, you got Don't Give Up by Kevin Rudolph, which I believe they're used for the theme song for SummerSlam, like, right around this time, too? I mean, if memory serves me right, it's just like, it, it, I didn't care for that ending. And the last shot you had was CM Punk kind of, like, dancing a little bit and pounding on one of those, uh, what are those freaking called? The water containers that you got for the water coolers that you see in offices like the big plastic jug that goes on top that kind of thing is just like ugh, not it this was not an ideal way to have a g-rated show like i said like i understand they wanted to go into different market and you're on a channel where it's saturday mornings kids are going to be watching even though the whole concept of saturday morning cartoons on these like public channels like you see with like abc and cw and all that crap is pretty much dead like, nowadays, if kids want to watch cartoons, they're just going to watch Nickelodeon and, Nick and freaking Cartoon Network. But it's like, you have a show like this, and you're going to be restricted seriously by what can be said and done and everything. And it just felt like a mix between a highlight reel that you saw, like, for a wrestling show, combined with something you saw on either Nick Jr. or Disney. Like, you see something from, like, Blue's Clues or Dora the Explorer. Like, who's going to directly be on there on camera and talk to the audience saying, come on, get up, dance? Like, Brutus Clay is not going to know that five-year-old Timmy is doing like doing the same dance as him, but with no music. Brutus Clay's not going to know. He's not going to freaking hunt down some kid saying, yo, you stupid little kid. I mean, oh, you special little child. I know you weren't dancing. What's wrong? No! Screw that. Just go, hey, you little shit. You didn't fucking listen. Anyway, oh, that is the first episode of Saturday Morning Slam. Finally done. That's one episode down. 37 more I'm going to have to try to tolerate and sit through. Ugh. This, this is not going to be easy. But I got to stomach through it. Okay, no, there are people out there who love it when other people get tortured. 
Well, unfortunately, it's got to be me. So let me know what y'all thought in the comment section below. If you've ever seen that debut episode of Saturday Morning Slam, let me know what you thought in the comment section below. If you want to, if you have the audacity to see it, it's somewhere out there on the internet. I don't know if it's here. Is it on YouTube, DailyMotion, or VK.com? It's on one of those websites. You can find it. Unfortunately, I had to find it for this. Anyway, if you enjoyed the episode, remember to leave a like, comment what you thought below, subscribe with the bell, turn off if you're listening to this on YouTube, or follow if you're listening to this on any other service. I don't know when, but eventually you're going to get the second episode. I might need to get an inebriated beforehand, but thanks for listening, everybody. Like, comment, subscribe. Peace out, and good day, everybody.